people also see someone doing something and being successful in it and think that it's just easy and they just kind of stumbled upon it. And I always say, man, it whatever you're doing to make it successful and great, it takes a lot of work. Today, we're going to talk to my friend, Jamie Ivey, an incredibly successful podcaster and soon to be first time author. She's telling us the story of how she found her calling as a radio host, quit her dream job to raise her babies, and how that choice ultimately led her to start the successful Happy Hour podcast. This episode is awesome for any of you who are pursuing a dream while you have kids. Check out our conversation. I have had this front row seat to getting to watch, um, not even from the beginning, because I think we became friends after you already had the podcast, but I definitely right. have been able to watch it go from, oh, I know this gal, Jamie, and she has a podcast to like, we have 2 billion downloads or whatever fancy number you're at these days. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about, will you tell us the story how I know you used to be in radio right tell me tell me how you got into podcasting girl I had a really small stint in radio but <laughs> so so about seven years ago or six years ago something like that I forget four kids um I was literally stay-at-home mom doing my stay-at-home mom gig and I heard on the radio they had a contest about to happen to win a spot to be an on-air DJ for like my favorite radio station in town. Love it. It was country music, right? Of course. Oh, yes. Perfect. perfect. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Okay. So I hear it and I just think, I think this would be fun. And I've always, I had this small dream in me forever. Like I used to say when I was little, I wanted to be um, like a newscaster. I wanted to be on TV or I wanted, I wanted to do something like that. But sometimes that felt weird because it felt like I was saying, Hey, look at me. I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. Um, when really, I just thought that'd be an awesome job. So very long story short, I made a 60 second promo like they told me to. It is so cheesy. I wish <laughs> that I could find it and play it for you. Oh, man. So I sent it in and it was this huge contest and it was all voting on social media. And so, you know, I just kind of rallied the troops. And this was years ago when I was I don't even think I had Instagram. I mean, this was years like, you know. It feels like forever ago in social media world, but six years ago, guys. And so I kept getting votes and getting votes. And then they took the top 10 votes and I was in there. Nice. And then the radio station picked the top five and I made it to that. And then they let each of us come in for a morning and do morning show stuff, which none of us knew what we were doing. And Rachel is the craziest thing ever because I won. I mean, <laughs> like... I literally one time during the contest, Aaron, my husband, and I went on a date and he looked at me and he said, so I think we should talk about this. Like you might have a job. And I had not worked since before we had kids. Yeah. And all of a sudden I went on a Friday and Monday morning I'm at work, you know, at 5 a.m. Wow. And this is my new job. And I loved it so, 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 so much. I mean, I felt like I found my calling. Yeah. I found my job. I love this. And I'd never done it. Um, and so I did it for about four months and our kids from Haiti, we adopted three of our kids, two from Haiti, and they had only been home about a year mm. and our family kind of exploded that mm. summer. And so I felt like the biggest change that had happened would be me being absent from their world. And so I quit the job Yeah, and it was probably the hardest decision I've ever made because wow. I felt gypped. I yeah. felt like this isn't fair. My husband doesn't have to quit. Like, yeah. why do I have to quit? And so, but it was, again, I would do it all over in a heartbeat. It was the best decision, but that's what kind of put that spark in me. And then about a year and a half later, I was on a podcast and I remember getting done with the show and thinking, 
I could do that. Yeah. And six months later, I started my show. That's so awesome. How did you go about it? I mean, I know that I personally Googled, how do you start a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) But how did you figure out like all of the things? The exact same way. I mean, literally... I listened to a handful of podcasts then. We've been listening to This American Life forever. Yeah. Um, and then like my pastor's sermons when I miss church, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But I hadn't really jumped in. And so I just kind of Googled and literally like the first 15 to 20 shows, I cringe when people tell me that they listen from the beginning. <laughs> uh, I'm thankful and it shows progress, you know, but literally I just started. And the first microphone I ever used was like my Apple iPhone. <laughs> I'm not lying. <laughs> like, well, who know, you know, who knows? I mean, I think back to starting blogging and in the beginning I was taking pictures in like a dark closet basically with like a crappy point and shoot camera. So we all have to start somewhere. I think, you know, that's actually a great piece of advice for anybody listening is oftentimes you see someone else's middle or someone else's finish line and you're afraid to start. When the reality is like, man, you just got to start taking steps forward and it's probably going to be really crappy. And the only way to get better is just to keep moving forward. It is so true. I mean, I tell people all the time because a lot of people come to me and say they want to start a podcast. And I'm like, yes, you should. I love podcasting. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always tell them, you need to do some research because I did go in a little too blind. Like I wish I would have known a little bit more. But at the end of the day, I think you just got to jump in and do it. So that's kind of I jumped in and I could have probably had a little bit more research but yeah. it is what it is. And here I am three years later. And I think it's really good. Yes. And a lot of people, they do this to you. And I'm sure like people will be like, so do you edit your own shows? And, and I don't anymore, mm-hmm. but you know what I did at the beginning. Yeah. You do what you have to do. You do it and you learn it. And I'm thankful that I did all that work so yes. that I had this kind of baseline. If I had to go edit my show, exactly, I could do it. So years ago I um, was at a party and I got to meet the man who started the Cheesecake Factory, which is a super random fact, but I did, and it was awesome. Uh, And he was telling the story of how he started that company, and he said in the beginning he put only things on the menu that he knew how to make because he said, I am not a chef, but I never want someone else being able to hold my business hostage, so I have to know how to do everything. So if a chef decided to quit on me, I could technically go to the kitchen and keep my business running. And I just thought that was a really great piece of advice. Kind of the same thing you're saying is like, you should know how to edit. Even if you're not great at it, you you need to be able to keep it up and running. People also see someone doing something and being successful in it and think that it's just easy and they just kind of stumbled upon it. And I always say, man, it whatever you're doing to make it successful and great, it takes a lot of work. Totally. And so some people think, oh, you have a great job. You just like talk to people. Well, yeah, that's that's all. It is really cool. And that's awesome. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And yeah. I think just understanding the aspects that when you see someone successful, they've put in a lot of hours Absolutely. to get where they are. I this is like me fully asking you a question that if you and I had had to time to catch up, if I didn't have any baby, I would have already asked you and everyone else can just benefit from this wisdom. How do you prepare for an interview? I know that I've been interviewed by you uh, several times. And I know the first time you sent, unless I'm dreaming this, which could be because I've had like three hours of sleep, uh, you sent a big questionnaire for me and here are the different things. And then I think you read through that and, and disseminate and kind of figure out the questions from there. How did you come up with that plan? Yeah, you're right. I mean, for, forever when I started my show, there's one thing I knew I wanted it to be. And I wanted it to be as if you and I uh, were meeting for happy hour and having a glass of wine. Yes. 
And so if you and I were going to meet for happy hour, I would never send you questions that I was going to ask you ahead of time. That's right. So true. Like, I just never would. But for me to run the show conversationally, I need to know what's going on in your world a little bit because I'm in charge. So I need to lead the conversation maybe a tad bit more than I would if we and I were just meeting at Cheesecake Factory yes. for a glass of wine. Yes. <laughs> but so the, I send the same questions to everybody. It is very um, kind of generic questions like, uh, tell me what you're passionate about right now. What um, what conversations are you having these days that you see are being an encouragement to other women? Um, tell me about some family, marriage, or work dynamics that you've had to work through that you can encourage others on the other side. So basically, those just let me wrap my head around the person. Mm -hmm. And literally, I wish I could show you my notes because I'm about to do an interview after we got the phone uh, with Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. So I basically put down some points that she told me. And based on that, I come up with some of the things that I want us to talk about. Got it. So I kind of wrap my head around where do I want this interview to go? And then how can we get us there? And then just conversationally, I hope it, I hope we go there. What do you feel like a person needs to be a good podcaster? Like if you've, if someone's listening, they're like, darn it, I same as you, like I could do that. What mm -hmm. do you actually think besides like a computer, an ability to record, whatever, uh, just mm -hmm. personality-wise, what do you think they need? Well, I think something that I do well, and I'm learning that it's okay to say what I do well. Um, <laughs> Rachel, you're my, my, yes. you're my little guru teacher. Um, something that I think that I do well is that I can listen to what you're saying. I can know where I want to go and my brain can be fully listening and fully thinking where we're going to go next. Yes. Um, and I've been on a couple of other shows where I was a guest and I can tell when someone can't do that. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. Now, it might not be a bad show because there's a lot of editing that goes in, a lot of producing behind it. Um, but since my show is conversational and it's pretty fluid, mm -hmm. um, I feel like I have to be able to do that well. And it's something that I think I can do well. And so that helps me to be able to fully have my brain invested in what they're saying. And also, I got to know where I want to go. So do you think that's an innate thing that you have or could it be a learned a learned behavior if uh, like I'm thinking if you're listening to this and you think, well, shoot, I don't know if I have that ability. Could you draw yourself a roadmap? So and, and I'll tell you right now, Jamie is a dear friend. We've been in Ethiopia together and I still in front of me right now have interview questions and I'm writing notes as you're speaking. So <laughs> oh, you're I, I, I am because like I, you'll say something and I think uh, with all of the interviews, I'm always trying to figure out what can I ask that will be helpful to our listeners who actually want to make this a business. Uh, so, you know, you will say something, it'll spark a thought in me that I'll write down to ask you next. Uh, yeah. So if you aren't, you know, Jamie, and that's not something that comes to you automatically, that might be a great idea is to draw yourself a roadmap, maybe practice with your friends. Did you ever practice before? Well, I was going to tell you this. So I feel like that it is a little bit innate in me, but I will mm -hmm. tell you this as well. Early on in my podcasting, one time someone said something to me that was really hard. Mm. Um, not, not a guess. In fact, it was my husband. And you know, sometimes someone is encouraging you yes. and they're right, yes. but you're mad. Yes. Oh, I feel like husbands have a special <laughs> ability to do that. They do. Right. But I have never forgotten it. And it changed. Like I could probably pinpoint where it changed in my interviewing is he said, you need to listen more. Ooh. He said, sometimes you talk over your guests. Yeah. And I was like, shut up. You're not in charge. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but as much as I was a little discouraged by his because I, I took it as oh, I'm, I'm the worst, I should quit. But I, it actually spurred me on. And so I try really hard to let there be breathing room and to let to be a good listener. And so then I can kind of go where we're going to go next. So I think, you know, talking with friends even or letting friends give you constructive criticism 
is really hard, yeah. but it could spur you on to do such greater things. Absolutely. I feel like that's so essential for anything you do, but especially if you are in a business like media, if you're in a business where either you are doing a podcast or I know you've recently just turned in your first book, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Anytime yes. you're doing something creative, constructive criticism is going to make it better as hard as it is to swallow. Because Lord, it's hard to swallow. Yes, it is. Because I mean, I feel like if if it's not something that you are used to, then you do have, at least for me, in the past, like that tailspin reaction where you're like, "Oh, you're right. I'm terrible. I should never do this ever again. Someone should run me over with their car. Yes, (laughs) I I should be dead. This is dumb." Why did I think that I could do this? This is the exactly. Worst. Yeah. I've had eighty thousand of those moments on this journey. So, I'm but sure. I'm still moving. So yeah. here we are. Uh, are there other podcasts? Like, what are your? I know I was going to say, are there podcasts you listen to? But obviously, you do. What are some of your favorites? Okay, so I'll tell you this. I just binge listened to the entire Missing Richard Simmons podcast. Oh my gosh! Everyone at the office is talking about. I've got to listen to it. I've got I mean, to it, listen. L- I think it literally is maybe it's six episodes and they're okay. each maybe 30 to 40 minutes. Okay. You could do it in a weekend. Okay. When you go to the beach with your kids, just yes. keep an earphone in. Yeah. And you're like, I'm listening. I hear you. Yeah. Um, I also listen to a podcast called Up and Vanished. It's like a crime story. It's Ooh. now in real time because there's stuff happening going on with that. I nice. like kind of crime things. Yeah. I listen to this show called Can He Do That? And it's a it's about um all the things can Donald Trump do these things. Oh Lord. So oh, no. it's it's intriguing. Um, I listen to the daily. It comes out every day. It's put on by uh, the New York Times, and it's basically like twenty minutes of what you might need to know today in the news. Ooh, I like that. And then you and I, I told you. Oh, there's two more I want to tell you about. How I built this. Have yes, you listened to that? I am obsessed. I have listened to it's, every episode. The second a new yep. one posts, I'm listening to it. Incredible. So inspiring for anybody who is building their own thing. It's yep. just, it's interviews with, you know, Kate Spade and um, Richard Branson, Mark uh, Cuban. Cuban. Yes. Oh, yeah. gosh, it's so good. Also, uh, Making Oprah, yes. which I know we talked about before because it was just amazing. So good. I, I mean, I love those things that are so inspiring. I think listening to other people's stories, you realize like, oh, this isn't magic. Nobody handed them, you know, this huge company. They built it one piece at a time. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees. Period. Yep. That means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. 
Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. I think that's so, that's important for people to realize because like we said earlier, people will start to think that this stuff just happens. Yes. And unless your last name is like Trump or Hilton Mm -hmm. or Clinton or Bush, it doesn't. Yeah, totally. Where do you hope, uh, where is this going? What's the dream? I mean, I know, like I said, you just turned in, let's talk about that for a second. Actually, I'm going to change my question. Tell me about um, writing because we haven't had a chance to connect on that awesome, terrible thing that happens when someone asks you to write a book. No, it's like you're honored. And then you're like, really? Oh gosh. Yeah. Writing a book has been this dream of mine for a while as well, but I've always kind of pushed it to the back burner because writing is not my top gifting. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I don't say that to be like, what was me? I just say it to be honest. It's, you know, um, but it's something that I love doing and I'm passionate about it and I love encouraging women. And so I knew that hopefully it would be an avenue that I would get to go down Mm -hmm. And so last year, just kind of all the things fell into place and book deal and, all, you know, all those yeah. things. And next thing you know, I'm writing a book. And so I turned in my book this February of 2017. It's in and we're editing and it comes out next January. And writing a book for me was so hard on every level possible, it's emotionally, just, physically, yes. spiritually. Yes. All of- and people don't get it. I was having a dinner with a, an author friend of mine a couple of weeks ago, and she was saying, you know, so many people, she's a huge New York Times bestseller and has many books, and young writers will come to her and want the advice or want the secret. And she was like, 99% of the time, the thing that's standing between you and having a book is your ability to finish a first draft. It mm. is so hard to just yep. sit down and write the words. And, and especially when you are writing from personal experiences, you know, because yep. that uh, you and I were doing nonfiction books at the same time. And for both of us, this was definitely the first time I've written a book like that. Um, and I'm I'm curious your experience. But for me, there were chapters where I was like, oh, I am working it out. Like I did mm-hmm. not realize that this thing that happened in my marriage 14 years ago still upsets me this much. So um, did you feel like, oh yeah, yeah. totally. I did a lot of writing going away. It just worked better because if I'm at my house, I start working on like my day job. And so I would get away at no lie every single time. I wrote a lot of stuff about my personal life as well. The whole thing basically. Mm -hmm. And I would miss my husband so much because I would become so lonely. Mm -hmm. And so just going back into those places was really hard for me. Yes. Every single time I went away, I called him like, day two. I was like, I want to come home. Yeah. He's like, well, you're not coming home. Yeah. You need to stay there and write a book. <laughs> write the book. And I did, but it was so hard. Yeah. It really was. And I, people had told me that, but I didn't think I knew what to expect until I sat in it. It really is. I, I, my friend, Heather Avis, who I know you've had on the show, um, I went mm-hmm. to on Tuesday, her book came out and I went to the party for that and we were doing toasts and my toast to her, she has this incredible tribe of people, like the most supportive community. And it was so great to see that in action. But the truth is that writing a book is a one man thing. Like mm. it is you and your computer or you and that piece of paper. And it is lonely in a way you don't anticipate if you've never done it before. And it's you can so you can sort of talk to your husband or your girlfriends and, and cry about heart. But nobody, even another author, can't understand how hard it is for you, which I think is why so many people give up. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a one man job, which... 
man, we like to have a team, yes, you know, a lot of times. And I think teams work amazing. They put out amazing stuff. And then once you write the book, you do step into a team. Sure. Um, that, that does all the other stuff and helps you. But it is, you got to get the words down. I mean, who is it that says like, how do you write a book? You just sit down and write it, yep, you know? Yep. Just, put your butt in the chair and write yep. the words. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, so are you in edits yet or are you just, you're waiting on notes back? I am waiting on notes back. And so I'm actually looking forward to this. Yes. I think so. I've never done it, but I feel like I'm looking forward to it. Like, I feel like I put everything out that I yeah. could. I left everything on the field and I'm ready for them to come back. And I'm really looking forward to someone saying, hey, we think that we can help you make it better. Yes. And Because I'm not afraid to someone helping me make something better. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that actually. That's so great. And I feel like that's advice that they're hearing, you know, listeners are hearing from you either when it comes to podcasting or it comes to writing is the willingness to be edited, the willingness to be, to have someone come in and, and make it better. I think, gosh, that is such a failing for so many people. I know having worked with, you know, different editors that I'm like, no, don't save my, don't spare my feelings because if you spare my feelings, then I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay at this level. I don't want to be better and I can't be better unless you tell me the truth. And the truth is sometimes the thing that I thought was the greatest chapter in the world is total garbage. Yep. Yep. That is so true. And I think it's good for people to realize that when they're sitting there reading a book, I mean, it is the author's words, a hundred percent, but how many, how many hands have gone through to make this really well? And I think that's a good thing for business people to remember is that when we start thinking, Hey, I'm just going to keep this here and I'm going to make sure I do everything all by myself, man, you can't keep that up for that long. Yes. It's not, it's not scalable. It's, you can't grow bigger because you are only capable of doing so much. Do you have a team that works with you now? And like, tell me about like Jamie Ivy Inc. What do, what ah, does your company look like these love days? To. Uh, we actually have a company name. Isn't that crazy? Yes. No, that's uh, great. Well, first of all, when did I have you on my show for the first time? It must have been last January. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah. And that's when we kind of met and I fell in love with Rachel Hollis. And then you did the live event with me and then we went to Ethiopia oh, together. So much so, fun. So much just, you know, encouragement I've taken from you and it's really helped me be business minded as well. So Ivy Media is my book writing and my podcasting and my speaking. So there's kind of three tenets that go underneath that. Um, As soon as I could, people would tell me all the time, man, outsource, outsource, outsource. And, you know, outsourcing takes money sometimes. And so as soon as I got to where I could do that is where I brought on an assistant who does a lot of email work for me, a lot of booking, all my booking for speaking, um, a lot of podcasts behind the scenes, the blog writing and stuff. And then I have an editor and then I have a bookkeeper. So these are people, they don't all work for me, obviously, just me, you know, like I contract out the editor and the bookkeeper, but Mm -hmm. they really take the stuff off my plate that I'm not good at so that I can do what I am good at. And so I have heard that forever and I cannot tell you how true it is, is that as soon as you can feel like you can give something up Mm -hmm. uh, for me first, it was like, help me with my email, you know, and then it was one more thing and then one more thing. And so I'm really grateful for all of these people because I couldn't do as much as I do without them. Yes. I, you know, the question that I feel like people love to ask working moms all the time is like, how do you do it? I just, I don't get, how do you do it? And my, I have so much help. I have a Mm. babysitter. I have like weekend babysitters so I can go on a date. I have a staff of people. Allison is sitting here taking notes. She's the one who did email. Like I couldn't do all the things that I'm doing if I didn't, if I wasn't willing to accept help. And I think a lot of women who are going like, I don't know how you do it. I wonder often if it's because they're, it doesn't even, it's not that there's not a willingness. It's that it doesn't even occur to them that that's an option. 
Yeah. And I mean, we have someone that comes and cleans our house and all my kids are at school right now, you know, so that's, that was another huge hurdle for us is that when my last one went off to kindergarten, you know, four years ago, it's when I kindly, for me personally, I was like, okay, I can do something head on. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mom duty doesn't pick back up until 4 PM, you know? And so that works well for our family. Absolutely. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Want to listen to an audiobook that'll make you feel better about your crappy job? Party Girl takes listeners on an adventure among Hollywood's most beautiful and most outrageous people, revealing the ugly side of Hollywood's prettiest parties. The entire Girl series is now available on Audible, and it's read and written by me. <laughs> Discover the world of Audible Originals today at audible.com. So I know that you love to read as much as I do. I'm curious if there are books specifically that have been um, guideposts for you for your career. I knew you were going to ask me that, and I don't <laughs> have any. <laughs> what? You I love to don't. read. I know I do love to read, but I don't have any that have really helped me in my career. Interesting. I now, need to send you some, girl. Yes, you do, because you're the queen of that, and you probably told me some that I haven't added. But on the flip side to that, because I knew you were going to ask me that, and I would have to, like, you know, tail between <laughs> my legs say no. But because of podcasting, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I think I subscribe to 30 to 40 podcasts. Wow. And although I may not listen to all of them intently, sometimes when I do listen, like, for example, off camera with Sam Jones. I don't know if you've listened to that, yeah. but it's a great podcast. Okay. Um, he, he interviews celebrities, but it's very conversational and gets he gets into why they do what they do. And all. I love his style. And for me, it's like I sit down and take a class every time I listen to him interview. Nice. So I think of when I listen to podcasts, I'm obviously listening to the content because there's great content in all these shows, but I'm also listening to how they do their interviews. And yeah. so that's been really good. Um, but you just send me some books. I will. Uh, so do you attend conferences if you're, if you're not doing business books, are you, do you go to anything? I obviously, I know you speak at conferences, but do you go to any conferences for business to kind of up your game? Are I'm, is there a podcasting con? I bet there is. I went to a podcasting conference two years ago, which was really, really, really good for me. And I would have gone again this summer. It just conflicted with some other travel stuff, Mm. but yeah, I think podcasting conferences are there are a lot of fun. The, the, the hard thing for me is that my podcast is faith-based mm. and see, it doesn't seem hard except for this. Most faith-based podcasts are like sermons. Yes. So I'm this kind of anomaly of I'm a woman mm-hmm. and most of them are men mm-hmm. and it's not, although my show is faith-based, it's not churchy. Yeah. So it's this weird kind of thing where I'm trying to find my footing as well, if that makes sense. And so like I just signed on with an ad agency and they were just kind of like, what do we pitch you as? (laughs) I was like, I know it's difficult because it is faith-based, but it's not churchy at all. Mm -hmm. It's just me. So there's that. But I went to a conference about speaking. So yeah, I do go to conferences. As you know, Mm -hmm. it's hard when you speak at conferences to leave your family to go to a conference sometimes. Absolutely. Because you're like, oh. And that's just an old thing. Yes. Are there um, areas in your business, you as a businesswoman, professional interviewer, what have you, that you are looking at 2017 and thinking like, this is the area I would really like to grow in this year? Do you sit down and kind of identify those at the start of a new year? 
Uh, we definitely look at like, what do we want to make some changes? So there's some changes we're thinking about going through with the show. Mm. Um, and so we look at that at the beginning of the year and that would change a couple of business aspects for sure. It's nothing major. It's just, how do we change it up? Cause yeah. we want to be continually growing and different and, you know, doing all the things that everyone else is doing. We don't want to just get comfortable in, you know, the regular happy hour. You know, we look at our live events, which you are a part of it. And we've done three weekends now. And it's a huge thing for the show in building community and mm-hmm. brand building. Mm-hmm. We're looking to see how do we make more money at those. Yeah. And, you know, you've been a huge, you know, influence on that for me. And I think one thing I've learned over the past two years with my business also being a ministry, which mm-hmm. that might seem weird to some of your listeners. But basically, when I speak, I speak at churches mm-hmm. or things like that is for me really owning it as a business. Yes. And so I do, I really do. And I speak, I speak to other women who do stuff in quote unquote ministry and say, it can be a business and that's okay. Yes. And so you were a huge influence for me on that is just like stepping up to the plate and saying, I don't have to be like, woe is me. Don't pay me, yes. you know, da, 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 because on. that's dumb. So, dumb. so, you know, we're looking at like, how do we make these live events profitable to sustain us throughout the year for other ways? So, yeah, there's that. I'm looking at starting another podcast possibly, you know, that's cool. kind of, I've never said that out loud, but Ooh, there's that possibly. Uh, now so, official. You know. <laughs> so yeah, we do do that as well as for sure. Um, especially my husband's a good influence on that with my, with me as well as a good brainstormer. So yeah. The live events, I'm uh, not even, I feel like experiential things are so in the last couple of years have just become so popular again. So I feel mm. like you were right on the cusp of taking that on as it, you know, so many women want something to do. And I was blown away when we did the first one in Jamie's backyard, literally in Jamie's backyard. It was incredible. Yeah. So much fun. But I mean, it was there in Austin. What were there? 200, 250, like how many women? Maybe I'm making up numbers. How many uh, people were in no, your backyard? I like, no, like like 3,000 women were in Jamie's backyard. <laughs> Those are great numbers. The first one, I think we had about 130 women. Okay. And then each time after that, we've done it two nights in a row and had this last time we had 140 ladies each night. Yes. So that many women sitting in a crowd and maybe like at least half of them were from out of town. If not oh, more, sure. like people just, and people I'm saying like we're in Austin and women are there from DC and Virginia and Florida. And because I mean, I'm sure people listening, like you just want, you want a girl's weekend. You want an experience. You want something that sounds ridiculous, but you like, you want something to put on your social media. Uh, so, so live events are super popular. Do you feel like, what do you think is the biggest difference from your first live event to the one that you just had? Like, are there in terms uh-huh. of it getting better? Oh, this was our best one yet. And I hope that you should be able to say that each time. But I really do know this was our best one yet. And uh, we just, you know, you know, like after you've done something a few times, you just get a little bit more of a handle on things. The things that stress you out the first time don't stress you out as much the last time because, you know, they're going to kind of fall into place. Making it experiential. Like this time we had a photo bus. Um, A photo bus. Yeah. It's so cute. A bus? No, you get into the bus and take pictures. Was this in Austin? Yeah. Dang it. Photo bus. That's so fun. But so we just, you know, for us, you know, talking about experience and community, like I know that as women, I feel like every it's a human thing, but especially as women, I can speak to that, um, crave this community and connection. And it's something that is happening with the happy hour. They feel connected every week. Some of them are like three years invested. They listen to my voice every single week. And so these events, I mean, you're right. These women come from everywhere. Some of them come alone. Like this last time a girl was all by herself from Connecticut. I was like, girl, amazing. And she met friends yes. and people are connected 
Good. And so I love just using that as another aspect to encourage and inspire women. I mean, it is just... And it's fun. You know, we have a lot of fun. Yeah, so. and I honestly feel like you don't need Jamie's platform. You don't need my platform to make that a reality. People are craving community, and it's something that you can create in your own homes, in your own cities. I think so often, I mean, this is a space that I live in, but uh, people are afraid to have a party or invite people over or let's do a happy hour or come over and have a play date because they think my house isn't stylish. I don't have cocktails that look like they do on Instagram, my hair, whatever. The reality is the women in your life are as hungry for community with you as you are for community with them. And you just need a space to do it within. Yep. It's so true. And just, I always think too, like, and just make them feel welcomed Mm -hmm. and make them feel valued. Absolutely. Do you feel like, I mean, that's such a great intention. Do you have an intention with the pot? Like, do you have a when you set out with the podcast, you're like, this is every time what I want people to feel when they're listening to it. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. 
It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. To me, being healthy is really grounded in nutrition. Honestly, what I eat and what my kids eat is super important to how we live our lives. It's why I love a company like Thrive Market. Because Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So when I go online and I use their on-site filters, I can figure out exactly my lifestyle needs and trust that what I'm getting from Thrive Market is what I want to take into my body. When you join Thrive Market, you're also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. You can join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash rach for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash rach thrivemarket.com slash rach yeah we do and we kind of developed that a little bit into it so i you know looking back at the old episodes i feel like that intention was always in my heart because it's kind of what i do in life mm-hmm. but we look at every show and if every show encourages women um to do encouraging them in whatever season of life they're in. Like I want to be an encouragement to whatever season of your life. And I want to inspire women to do great things. Like I want them to think they can do great things and big things. Mm -hmm. Um, And coming from my heart as a faith podcast at every time I want to point people to the truth of uh, about God's love for them. And so if those three things happen for me, then we've done a great show. Yeah. And so we do that with every aspect, with the live events, with the podcast online. And and I think it's really intriguing to some people as well, because I know I've said this before, but I just can't say it enough is it's real and authentic. So when someone says faith podcast, they might think, oh, gosh, she's just going to preach to me. No, it's just real life. Yeah, absolutely. It's just real. Oh. The same way that you integrate what you believe into things that I see that you do online, totally. it doesn't become preachy. It just becomes no, Rachel. Just, yeah. If you want to hang out with me, this is what would really come up in real life because That's I'm exactly going to church right. on Sunday and I believe yeah. in this. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, so we ask the same five questions every time we, like there's a committee of people here asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> Sorry. I ask the same five questions every time I do a podcast interview. And now I would like to ask them to you. Uh, what time do you get up in the morning? Oh, this is good. I thought I was going to be nervous and you're oh, going to ask no, me about no, business. These are book. like easy, easy baby questions. I'm ready. Okay. So my alarm goes off at 6.06 and I usually roll out of bed about 6.30. Out of curiosity, why 6.06? <laughs> it just happened one time and I've never changed it. That's hilarious. <laughs> and also unsurprising. It's uh, just on my cell phone and why change it, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's too much work. Come on. I like it is. It. Uh, what is your coffee order? 
if it's the first coffee of the day, it's always just going to be black coffee. Yes. If I feel like a little treat, you know, yes, it's like yeah, third cup treat, of the day. Your treat, yeah. third cup coffee. That's what I'm looking just for. Just give me a plain latte with almond milk. Nice. I know it's not exciting, but it's just my life. I know you travel as much as I do with all of your speaking gigs and fancy life. Uh, what is the one travel item that you're just like, this is essential for me continuing to function? Um, a lot of times I travel with a pair of socks in my bag. Um, very specific. I, I was not anticipating that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, um, if I'm wearing, especially in the summer, I'm wearing shoes. I might not have socks yes. on. I don't like sitting on an airplane. If I take my shoes off without socks yeah. on Yeah, and it gets cold and yeah, yes. all right, all right, I'm feeling you. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, what is your favorite physical activity like for exercise and how often do you do it? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. Um, lately, these days, a walk in my neighborhood for 45 minutes really fills up my soul. Your neighborhood's uh, gorgeous. I mean, when you say neighborhood, Jamie lives out in the country. So if yeah. you're walking, it's like a gorgeous, like, oh, here's where God created the land. <laughs> yeah, there's like blue bonnets everywhere <laughs> yes. right now. Yes, it's beautiful. Um, and so doing that, like in the middle of my day for 45 minutes with my dog is really good. I try to do that oh, at least twice a week. I should do it more. But I've already, I started swimming lately, Rachel. Oh, really? Your laps? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying. <laughs> As and opposed like, to like floating, you know, I don't know what that. Suit and wow. everything. Wow. At a, like, not your house. At my gym. Oh, your gym. Yeah, okay. my gym. Wow. Okay, this is the dumbest question ever, but <laughs> I'm in a real life because you're my friend to ask you like, how does that affect your hair? Because I hate oh, getting it's my awful. hair wet. Okay. So here's the deal. I even bought swim caps. Yes. But when I take the swim cap off, my hair is wet. So yeah. I think this is a joke. Unless the swim cap is strictly to make you go faster. Which in that point, I don't need that. Yeah. Like, I don't think the swim cap. Yeah. I think it. Yeah, yeah. It always got my hair wet. So swimming for me is like I haven't fixed my hair or it's the end and it's time to do it again. Okay. If that makes sense. That makes so I will definitely. Sense. If I've blow dried my hair that day, I'm oh, not yeah. getting in the pool. Oh yeah, we're not. Come on, I'm not even working out. I'm like <laughs> that's I got way good too hair. much work. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I'm not doing a hard workout if I've got good hair. That's mm -hmm. just reality. That's right. A any woman who's listening to this, who's like perfectly in shape, is like <laughs> shaking her head. Like, yep, oh, yep. these ladies, that's why you are not the size I am. <laughs> that's um, why you have a muffin that's top. That's okay. There I feel go. fine with that because my hair looks good, so you're not looking at my belly. There you uh, go. So the podcast is called Deus. Uh, Deus is a platform from which uh, you speak. And I have asked every single interview, and I what I love most about this is that no one gave the same answer. What is the one thing that you wish – if you could sort of speak to women today, particularly women in business or working moms, that you see them really struggling with, that if you could just speak this truth over them, like shake them by the shoulders and say like, girl, this is the reality and you are missing it, what is the thing that you would say to them? Oh, that's good. And I just come from like an example of just this morning, I can tell you something that happened. So if I'm speaking to like working moms, because that's where I, I kind of line up in there, um, is so many times as I can, and I think anyone that's listening that is um, a working mom, you can start to feel as though, am I a good enough mom? Mm -hmm. Like, am I going too far in my career? Mm -hmm. Like, have I gone too far where I'm neglecting my kids, you know? And just this morning, we're struggling with one of our kids at home, and a friend was being so kind. She was not calling me out at all, and she was just being so kind, and she was like, maybe she need to bunker down and slow down. And in my head, I thought, 
I can't. Like, I have a job. What do you mean bunker down and slow down? Like, who gets to pick that when you own a business? But I was being very defensive. Mm. And so she wasn't saying that at all. You know, she was just being kind and loving. But for me as a working mom, sometimes I have got to look at it and say that I am a really good mom when I'm being fulfilled in my job. Amen. Uh, When I come, when my kids walk in the door at 3.30 and I've worked all day and I shut it down, I'm not exhausted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm ready for them because I have been creative during in the day. I've been fulfilled. I have been doing what I believe is that God has created me to do. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at it from that way, and then <clears throat> I have to leave my kids on a weekend, I realized that what an honor that I get to do this because God has gifted me in this and I get to go encourage women around the world. And then because of my job, I also have other perks. We can leave and go to, you know, the beach for a week and mm-hmm. work can stop or whatever. So I just constantly have to look at, man, I have done everything in my life to be an amazing mom. And part of that is that I get to do something that God created me to do. Um, and I get to, I put my, I put boundaries up and yes, as much as I'm telling you, I was defensive this morning. I take in when people are telling me, Hey, maybe it's a little too much. You need to take a break. Mm -hmm. But I really love that my kids get to see their mom pursuing a passion that she's good at and that in a sense is changing lives. And so for me, I got to remember that, you know, and I love that too. to remember how it helps me be a better mom. Yes. I love to, I think so much of our, as moms, so much of our guilt, I mean, this is probably for all women, not just mothers, but so much of our guilt is based on comparison, is based oh, yeah. on we should be like so-and-so. And I will tell you, I told this to Dave last night, and I literally said the words to him, I would never say this out loud, but I'm going to say it to you, and I'm going to say it because I think it's an encouragement, and I am probably going to get angry emails and, and mean Facebook comments, but Ooh, here we go. going to be fun. Get ready. But I think that this is a really um, uh, interesting topic of like not comparing yourself to other mothers. I have a three-week-old baby. And I love her so much. I genuinely do not feel a difference in the love I have for Noah and the love I had for my boys, even though she's adopted. You know how long, I mean, most people listening, five years to get our adoption completed. It has been such a long journey. I am so freaking grateful to the bottom of my soul. Mm -hmm. But I have never been a mom that loves the newborn years. I don't. Mm-hmm. She's. I love cuddling with her. I swear that I do. But I find myself like, oh, I can't wait until you're six months. Because at <laughs> six months, you will recognize me. Right now, mm-hmm. you're a little baby blob. And you mm-hmm. sleep all day long. And I am telling you right now that there are women listening to this and their hearts have stopped. And they are just like, how dare you not love every... You know, the, you see those women online or in... And they're just like... The precious cherub, I have stared at your face for three hours and watched the sun pass over the nursery window, and my life is fulfilled. And like, I'm not, I swear I'm not judging. I wish that I had that. I don't. Yeah. I am I... not, I cannot freaking wait until she has a personality and she's got things to say. But girl, I'm not a, I'm not a newborn mom. I never have this baby before. I've never been a newborn mom. So I just, I was telling Dave, I was like, I would be sacrificed in the town square if I admitted this online right now, that these are not my favorite times. But then I I was thinking about it today and I thought, well, you only feel like that because you see other women who it is their greatest moment. Totally. And you feel like you should be them. Yep. So I do the same thing with um, moms who volunteer in the classroom all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I used to be able to do that before (laughs) I was running this thing. Yes. 
And I and it and you and people would look at you and say, well, you work from home. Can't you make time? Well, just not always. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. You know, yeah, and but- so I do get to go to some things, but I can't do all the things. Yes. And thank God, we've talked about this before, thank God for those moms who can, for those moms yes. who it is their joy and in life, because our kids would not have the cool classrooms, the yep. awesome thing. If you weren't devoting time to that, like I, you know, the signups for like the class, like St. Patrick's <laughs> yeah. Day party, like I uh-huh. am the queen of bring the themed napkins. <laughs> yep. I got your themed paper Or I'll paper give you plates. $20. Oh girl, I'll pay for, I'll Venmo <laughs> you all day long. I, yeah, but I, there was a time in my life when I was the mom who made the perfect like rainbow you know sandwiches or whatever for St. Patrick's Day it's just not I'm not there Mm -hmm. anymore and I'm so grateful for the moms who are but I just think that we as we would all be so much happier so much more fulfilled so much more centered such better women and mothers if we just stopped looking outside of our own homes for who we should be yeah. And it goes both ways too. You know what I mean? Like I could look at someone who doesn't ever volunteer ever and be like, oh, I'm going to be like her. Instead of just being, I'm actually just going to be who Jamie is, yeah. you know? And that means that when my daughter goes to the Capitol in third grade, I can make that. Yes. You know what? I can't come to book fair yeah. because I just don't have time yeah. to help you pick out a book. Yes. <laughs> Your teacher can help you pick out a book just fine. Yeah, you know? She is literally <laughs> licensed and educated to help you choose your reading material, child. Exactly. Thank the Lord exactly. for her. Uh, thank the Lord right? for you. Thank you so oh, much. Um, I have been so lucky this season. I'm sure you felt this like a million times, but um, I've gotten to interview so many of my dear friends, and I feel like it's such a special – well, anybody can log on and, and listen to you speak all the time, but I have gotten um, the wisdom and grace and kindness of getting to be a real-life friend with you, and so I'm so grateful that people listening get to experience a little bit of um, – how awesome you are. And everybody, I'm sure I don't need to encourage you because now you're going to be like, oh, I want to hear everything that Jamie Ivey has to say. But uh, the happy hour with Jamie Ivey is on iTunes right now. And everyone should go listen to every episode, especially the ones that I am in because they're the best. I was going to say, just start with Rachel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that feels like, like 78 times. Yeah, so. yeah. It's pretty easy. Just type it in the search engine. Yes, um, but thank yes. you so much, girl. I super appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Um, and I just loved hearing all the juicy details about podcasting. Well, you're sweet. I'm so happy to be on. And I love you encouraging business women. Yes, absolutely. Business. Yes. How do you say it? What's the what's the what's the politically correct term? Um, I we're trying to figure that out. Business Because people. I know I heard you yeah. say something about it's not your favorite thing. Yes, I get I do get really frustrated with terms like girl boss or I just uh-huh. I don't think that we should qualify it. I think that we're just people in business. And honestly, um, I totally um ripped you off in that I interviewed all women this season and had one male interview, which was my husband. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, but I just really wanted something that showcase more women in business without calling like not calling attention to that it's just a podcast and I happen to know a bunch of kick but incredible women who are working in really cool industries and you guys should hear what they have to do so I love it yeah all right girl have an awesome weekend and you too. Um, an awesome interview and I will talk to you soon thanks Rachel all right, thanks girl Hey guys, if you like this episode, I hope you will consider subscribing to the Deus podcast on iTunes, sharing it with your friends and showing some love on social media for a newbie show like mine. Those reviews are everything. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. 
To stay in touch with all things Deus, you can check out thechicsite.com or follow me on social media. I am Ms. Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. Self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. Self-monitoring is power. Visit ManagerBP.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.